there's one thing that we all have in common. No matter how old you are, no matter how much money you make, no matter how little money you make, no matter where you live, no matter how educated, makes no difference. We all have this in common. We are all going to experience storms in life. It's just a fact. Sometimes it'll be a storm because of a bad decision you made. Sometimes it'll be a storm that just happens that you have absolutely no control over. In fact, here today, everybody probably falls in one of three categories. Maybe you just came out of a storm and, and you're enjoying some peaceful time in calm waters. Having been through a storm, being able to look back and say, that was rough, but I'm through it and I'm now on the other side of it. Some people are in the middle of a storm. Maybe you're questioning everything right now. You're confused. You don't know which way to turn. And maybe even questioning God, your friends, your family, everybody, because you're in the middle of a storm. Maybe you can see a storm coming. You know it's on the way. You can just tell by the way things are lining up, a storm is brewing in your life. Everybody experiences storms. Some people get on the other side of storms and it makes them better. And somehow they're stronger. They can face the next storm with with more courage. Some people leave a storm and just become bitter. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about storms in our lives. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. I'd like for everybody to follow along or read on the screen. But if you don't have a Bible with you today, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. If you'd like an extra one, or if you don't have one, just take one. It's yours to keep. We're in the second week of a series called Miracles. 37 times in the New Testament, Jesus Christ performed miracles. And a miracle is defined as this. An event that appears to be inexplicable by the laws of nature and is so held to be supernatural in origin or an act of God. Jesus Christ displayed his power through miracles. Through going against the laws of physics, the laws of nature, and performing miracles. The Greek word for miracles, the New Testament was originally all written in Greek and then translated into English. And the Greek word for miracle or miracles is dunamis. It just means power or strength. So when Jesus performed, when you read about him performing a miracle, the original word they would have used was Jesus was showing his power. Jesus was showing his strength. It's the word that we get our English word from. Our English word dynamite comes, the root word of that is this Greek word dunamis, explosive power. And that's what Jesus was displaying Every time he performed a miracle. Sometimes he would display his power over the elements. Sometimes he would go by a person who was covered in leprosy and heal them. Sometimes he would raise people from the dead. Or somebody was just in a fix, in a problem, going through a difficult time, and Jesus would perform a miracle in their life. 
Throughout this series, we're looking at five of those 37 miracles that Jesus performed. And all of the miracles that we're looking at, and almost all the miracles he performed, had to do with humans having problems. That there was a human, a person, or persons that were dealing with problems, and Jesus, through his power, performed a miracle and came to their rescue. But when you start to study miracles and look at Scripture and the times that Jesus performed miracles, it's not long till you start to have questions. I do when I read it. Questions like, well, why would he heal that person and not that person? Why, why would it seem to work out perfect for this person? They just were in the right place at the right time. Jesus walked by, boom, they were healed. But then the other person was just passed over and nothing happened. Why did Jesus focus on and spend time with this one person who needed a miracle but not the other one? And if you get stuck on asking why, 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 you'll miss the blockbuster point of all of these miracles. Because there's a lot more going on when you read about Jesus' miracles through Jesus' life. There's a lot more going on than just what you see happening. There's a lot more going on than him just healing people or Jesus just performing miracles. Last week I started out this series talking about Jesus healing a man who had been blind from birth. And through that message, we found that our problems, all the problems that we all experience, are opportunities for us to experience God working in our lives. So where do you sit today? Are you in a point in your life where you see, see a storm coming, you just understand, you know it because of your experiences, you know a storm's brewing in your life? Or did you come here today in the middle, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of being confused, not knowing what's coming down the road, not understanding why, and maybe even thinking, God, where are you in all this? Or are you able to look back while enjoying calm waters with no storms and say, now I understand why those things or that thing needed to happen in my life? No matter what category you're in, you're taking notes, write this down. When I'm in a storm, there's more going on than what I can see. God is at work even when I don't see him. So no matter where you are, and especially if you're in the middle of a storm, you need to know that God is at work even though you may not feel it, even though you may not understand it, even though you may be saying, God, where are you? God is still at work, even though you don't see him. In Mark chapter 4, it's on page 697 on those Bibles we handed out, Jesus' disciples were facing a storm. It starts in verse 35. It says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking onto the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. 
Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Then the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. When you read that story, it's easy for us to see that there's a lot going on here other than some guys in a boat that were scared of it sinking. There's a lot more happening. The men in this boat, most of them were experienced fishermen. And they were on a familiar sea, the Sea of Galilee, which is several hundred feet below sea level, mountains all surrounding it, high mountains, and the way the winds are there, a storm can whip up like that, and before they would know it, they would be in the middle of a storm when it was just previously a beautiful sunny day. So they would have encountered storm after storm after storm being fishermen by trade and spending all of their days on the water. They would have encountered that, so why all of a sudden were they afraid? Well, there was something different about this storm. It was worse. And there was a lot more going on than they were able to realize at the time. These guys had committed. They had committed to following Christ. They had watched him heal people. They had watched him say to crippled people, get up, take your mat, and walk. They had watched him heal the lepers. They had watched him feed the thousands with just a little bit of food. They had experienced miracles already. But they're in this boat, and there's a big storm, and they're confused, they're scared, and they're wondering where God is. If we could, if we could rewind back in time and take a look at this episode in their life, like watching it on TV, there's some things you would notice. First thing you would notice is that they're on this boat, in this storm, Because Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. It was Jesus' idea. Jesus said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And since he knows everything, he knew the storm was coming. And he knows when storms are coming in your life. This storm got worse than any they had ever experienced. One thing you need to know about God is that he never promises a problem-free life. Nowhere does he say, if you come and follow me, everything's going to be great. You're not going to have anything go wrong in your life. You're just going to be happy. You're going to get what you want. Nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. Just come follow me. That is, he never says that. He never said that to his disciples. He just says, come and follow me. He never promises that we're not going to have storms in our life. But what he does promise is that he will be with us through our storms. Even if we don't feel him, even if we don't think he's there, he will be with us. So the disciples, scared in this boat, in a storm, ask a legitimate question. A question I would probably ask if I were there and I was, I was with Jesus Christ and he was in the back of the boat and I thought I was going to drown and he's just taking a nap. I would say, hello, <laughs> don't you care? And they said, don't you care that we're going to drown? Who wouldn't say that? I've said that many times in my life. 
I've said, God, don't, don't you hear my prayers? Don't, don't you care? I don't feel you in my life. Don't, hey, can you give me a hand? Have you got time to just pay a little bit of attention to me because I'm, I'm in a storm and I need to know you're here? You've probably asked that question too. And if you're in the middle of a storm, that's a completely legitimate question to ask. God, where are you? Another thing we need to understand about God is just because we don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. So then Jesus calms the storm. And he, then he asks a legitimate question. They got to ask a question. They wake him up. He calms the storm. And now he asks a question. He says this, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Because he's probably thinking, you have watched me perform miracle after miracle, and here you are in the middle of a storm. I'm right here with you, and you're saying, don't you care? And you're terrified, like you're not going to get out of it. Yes, the storm's difficult. Yes, it's scary, but you're acting like it's never going to end. I'm right here in the boat with you. Where is your faith? And when I'm worried, when I'm confused, when I'm wondering why life has taken the turn that it's taken, I need to hear that question from God. Why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? And if the disciples thought they were scared of the storm, now listen what it says. Mark 4, verse 41, it says, The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. Growing up, these disciples were Jewish, so they would have heard stories about God. They would have had the scriptures read to them. And they would have understood that only God himself can calm storms. Because in Psalm 107, a verse that they would have heard many times in their life, it says this, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. See, when Jesus said, quiet, be still, all of a sudden, they only stood, understood God as being the one able to, to control the elements, to calm the storm. And now all of a sudden, here's Jesus, who they believed in, in the boat, saying, quiet, be still, and the waves and the wind stop. So now this Jesus, who they had accepted, was now being playing the part of God, their protector, and doing what God had done for them. And it said they were, it says they were terrified. It's about so much more than the storm. Jesus knew the storm was coming, and it was one more opportunity for him to display his power and to display his compassion. There was another time in their life, in the disciples' life, when they were in a boat and they were on the water, and Jesus had just fed, he just fed 5,000 people. And this is when, this is kind of a funny story. It says that they were on the water, they got in the boat, Jesus said, look, you guys go on across the lake, I'm going to stay here. They go, another storm comes up, it gets windy, and they're trying to row the boat, and it's not going anywhere. 
And in Mark chapter 6, it says, Jesus came by them walking on the water. And then it says, he was going to pass by. And I thought, I could just picture that. Here are these guys just you know, trying to row this boat, you know, through these waves. And Jesus is just strolling, saying, I got a better way to get across, guys. And, you know, how you doing? How are you? And Jesus is just walking across the water. And it says he was going to pass them by. He was just going to go on by and let them deal with it because he had a better way to get to the other side. But then it says, he saw they were afraid, and he went over to them. So what do you think Jesus Christ does when he sees that you're afraid? He's going to go to you. Even when you don't feel it, even when you're unaware, he's still going to do what's in his nature and that is protect us. It's a lot easier when you're out here after the storm to, to look back and, and learn from the storm and learn from the difficulties and the problems. And it's easy to look back and say that God was there and God was there. But when you're in the middle of it, when all that confusion and all that stuff is going on in your life, it's hard. It's hard to feel God's presence. But there's more going on than you realize. If you're not a Christ follower, if you've never made that decision to say, I want to follow him, there's more going on than you realize. Something drew you here. There's a reason you keep coming back. There's a lot more going on outside of your realm of understanding and emotion than you understand. When I'm in a storm, there's more going on than what I can see. God is at work, even when I don't see him. Isaiah 43, verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Scholars believe that this, these verses in Isaiah are talking about two things that happen to the nation of Israel. The first thing is talking about is when Moses is leading the people out of, out, of Israel, out of Egypt and Pharaoh decides, all of a sudden, I'm not going to let him go. So God's people are delivered from bondage. They go into the desert. Now Pharaoh, who had had them in bondage, decides, no, I want them to come back. What are we going to do here? We don't have them to build our city anymore. So he goes after them and they get pushed up against the Red Sea. And now, the God who had led them out had seemingly left them between an ocean and an army. And they didn't see any way out. They legitimately could have said, God, where are you? Why, why, aren't you, why, why did you bring us out here? And they, they, ask, they ask Moses questions like that. What, did you just bring us out here to die? We're going to be slaughtered by the, by the ocean. And then all of a sudden... In the middle of what to them looked like an inescapable storm, the waters parted and God provided a way for them to get out of the storm, to get out of the confusion, and to go on to the next part of their journey. About a generation later, Moses is no longer leading the nation of Israel. And they end up across the river, across the Jordan River from 
the promised land. They end up standing at the edge of a river that was so big they couldn't get across it. And for 40 years they've been traveling in the desert and now this promised land that God had promised was just across the river. They could see it, but the river was too fast, too swift, too deep for them to get through it. So they had to start to wonder, this river that is going by fast, we, we, we put our feet in that, we're going we're gonna to drown. And God had us out here in the desert for 40 years, and now we're not even going to get to go into the promised land because we can't cross the river. In their life, this was a storm. They were in the desert. They could see the promised land, but they couldn't get to it. And then, in the book of Joshua, chapter 3, it says this. Now it was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, it began piling up at a town upstream called Adam. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the city of Jericho. So they were able to cross the Jordan River unharmed. But they were able to do that because God was at work in ways they had no idea. They didn't know God was at work in places they couldn't even see. All they could see was the storm in front of them. And God was at work upstream in their life, totally outside the realm of their understanding, making a way for them to get across the river, making a way to calm the storm. When I'm in a storm, there's more going on than what I can see. God is at work even when I don't see Him. So what are the storms in your life? What is it? Is it, is it, a, is it a storm of addiction that you just can't seem to get past? Is it a relational storm? Have you made bad decision after bad decision that in, ended a relationship? Is it a financial storm? Are you in a hole so deep that you just see that there's, you, you can't see there's any way to get out? Is it a storm of, of lies and no matter how much you try, you just can't stop telling lies? Is it a storm of looking everywhere but where you should look for comfort? And truth. Is it a vocational storm? Have you lost your job or frantically trying to find another one? We're all going to go through storms. But no matter which one of those storms you are in, God is at work upstream in a way that you don't even understand yet. But there's going to come a day in your life that the storm will be over because no storm lasts forever. Just ask anybody who's over here in calmer waters. They'll tell you, yeah, it was rough. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I didn't see how things were going to work out. But it's okay now because God was at work. I didn't understand it. I didn't feel his presence, but he was at work. And maybe that's you. But maybe you're in the middle of it and you just can't see a way out. Know this, God is at work even when you don't see it.
you're not a Christ follower, like I said, there's a reason you keep coming here. And you're going to deal with storm after storm in your life. But storms are much easier, easily, much more easily endured if you understand that God is at work in ways you don't even know. That day in that boat, there was so much more going on than, than just the storm. They were learning to trust and understand that God works in ways they had no idea. And even though we don't feel him, he's right there with us going through every storm that we go through in life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this miracle of Jesus Christ calming the storm. And Father, for the people who are in the middle of a storm right now, I pray that you would just comfort them and let them live knowing that even though it may feel like you're not there, even though they may not understand how you're working, you are working, and one day you'll provide a way for the storm to end. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.